Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Network Show, where today we're going to talk all things about the National Basketball Association. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always from the other side of the country, looking good there in his white t-shirt. Watch out, <laughs> ladies, he's coming for you. Spread, how you doing, bud? Yeah, I didn't get dressed up today, but I'm still ready to go talk some NBA. Um, you know, we've been going for, what, about a week now? So let's see if we can get some uh, some takes, maybe some things that we got right that we think for the offseason, and and maybe think some we, some things we need to adjust of what we've seen so far. Yeah, so you know, I think we should just dive in and look at what most important. If the playoffs were tomorrow, the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> would be the one seed, the Magic would be the two seed, then you'd have the Pacers, Hawks, Sixers, Nets, Miami Heat, and is that it? And the New York Knicks would be eight, the Celtics <laughs> at nine, the Bucks at ten. So the Bucks have the chance to make the playoffs in the little play-in game. There, the Raptors are out. Uh, if you look at the Western Conference, we've got the Pelicans, Clippers, Suns, Jazz, Blazers, Kings, Timberwolves, Spurs, Lakers, and Thunder. So Lakers also in the play-in game there. Um, you know, spread as I start to look at the futures market here, Cleveland is 500 to win the win the title. Should we be jumping on that? I'll, I'll hold off a little bit. But, boy, great start for that team, right, that we had really written off in the offseason. Um, and, and the most notable news coming out there that, that – uh, Darius Garland and Colin Sexton have, have got themselves a name for their backcourt, and that's Sexland. So uh, good to see things are uh, <laughs> moving up in Cleveland. It's, uh, it is. You like that nickname. And obviously, this is a bit of farce here to start people. You know, we're three games into the season. Relax. It's, you you got to not be start overreacting to some of this stuff. Yes, it's early in the season, but we've got a lot of games here back to back. We have a lot of players that didn't have a traditional training camp, that didn't have a full preseason, that haven't had a chance to, quote, play themselves into shape. And, um, you know, I know some people roll their eyes at that idea, but you need to play some competitive basketball. There is an idea to getting back into that kind of form, if you will. If, you know, if this were the tennis podcast, if you you will, that's what we would say. So um, I think that's why we're seeing some of the wonkiness. I mean, you start to look at some of the things that happened the other day. The Clippers lose by 50. Um, the Sixers lose by 20 plus to the Cavs. The Bucks lose by 20 to the Knicks and the uh, Nets lose outright to the Hornets all on the same day. So you know, be careful not to overreact with those results. I mean, so spread, how do you, as you're handicapping, you know, kind of parse that stuff out? Um, you know, how do you try to adjust for those things as you're handicapping games? Yeah, I mean, I, not much on handicaps, but um, one thing I've noticed is that blowouts have been a little more common. And so I think the one thing I'll take going forward is I'm not going to be afraid to lay some of the larger numbers like I might have been the last couple seasons. Um, now, what's crazy is those blowouts that you're talking about were all with uh, teams that were underdogs. But just in general, we've seen more blowouts uh, in this first week of the season uh, than we have like maybe in the last 10 years. Yeah, I, I think you're right. We've seen some bigger numbers there. It's um, We'll have to go through and do some research and see. But I, I think kind of anecdotally, you're right. We've seen some sort of bigger um, numbers there. What else have you seen, you know, kind of in general as you're watching some of these games? Any other kind of um, larger thoughts you have about the season so far and, you know, what you're trying to put again into your handicap is until, you know, things maybe normalize? Yeah. Um, some other things that I've seen, the, the rookies aren't having as much of an impact. I think that we're seeing the loss of Summer League being a big deal. And, of course, those players need the training camp a lot more. Um, so I think it's harder for some of these rookies to get minutes. Um, it took an injury for from Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose for Sadiq Bay to get time, which is crazy because that team should be um, trying to develop. And I definitely want to get your uh, thoughts on Killian Hayes a little bit later. Um, 
So we got that going for us. And some of these guys just don't seem to be taking it seriously. Some of these playoff teams, I mean, like Los Angeles, uh, for one, the Lakers, I think that they are in full preseason mood right, right, right now, which was not necessarily something I expected. I thought they were going to go hard like they did last year, but uh, that is a lot of basketball to ask. So at the end of the day, that might be the smarter decision for those teams. So um, seeing a little bit of preseason from the championship style teams, and uh, I think the younger teams are also having problems integrating their younger players. Yeah, I mean, the rookie thing is, is you start to look through the group. Wiseman's look kind of nice in some of his minutes. He's looked really bad in other minutes. Um, yeah. But we'll see. I mean, it's a lot of growing pains there. I haven't had a chance to watch really too much of Anthony Edwards and the Timberwolves. I've been I'll loving Anthony show. Edwards. Mr. A1 from day one. Yeah, does he look all right? I mean, it's yeah. probably maybe 10, 15 minutes total of, of Timberwolves basketball at this point. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in on Anthony Edwards. I think he's going to end up being a real good player. You know, there's a lot of concerns coming out from him. And obviously, it's only three games. Uh, but the talent is there, and he's definitely giving the effort uh, that you would want on both ends of the floor. I mean, I know on Georgia, you know, we saw some tape where he's just Harden-esque in his defense. But uh, we're seeing it on both ends of the floor there. So I think they made a good pick here. Yeah, I mean, Lamelo, Obi top, and I, I think they've looked, you know, kind of what we what we particularly thought. Lamelo not so great. Obi okay, he's just been a little bit of hurt. Killian Hayes, like you said, him and uh, Sadiq Bay getting maybe a little more minutes than we thought here with some of those injuries. I'm curious to see if you know if those good players do stay injured, or frankly, even if they come back. If Detroit continues to lean on those players, um, there are actually some rookie of the market, rookie of the year markets that are open here. I'm seeing uh, Hayes sixteen to one and, and Bay six, 60 to one. I don't know if either one of them going to continue to get that kind of playing time but interesting thoughts there i mean do you think maybe they, they steal the spot there or is detroit going to go back to these guys when they're healthy well yeah so Bay's first minutes were um last night against the hawks and that was with rose and griffin out so they finally got him off the bench and he looked all right and i think they should be using him more killian hayes i'm not really sure to make him that's why i was hoping to get maybe some of your perspective i haven't thought he's looked that bad but some some guys and some scouts that i read are not impressed with them at all and just think really think that the lack of athleticism is starting to show. So have you seen any of his minutes and um, do you have a, do you have a take either way on it? <laughs> Obviously he's not the, the fastest player to begin with, but he is looking kind of slow out there. I think we're seeing um, what we see, frankly, with a lot of European players is kind of an adjustment period again to the size and speed of the game. Um, a lot of rookies have that kind of same problem, but I think it, it goes double for some of these guys because they're not only changing to, you know, what is frankly, you know, bigger, better athletes for the most part, you know, not that, you know, the European players aren't, aren't any good, but they're taking that stuff and it's a different style of game and you have maybe some sort of language issues or anything like that, I, you know. Not that that's all for Killian Hayes, but it's a lot of different things that float around. He doesn't look great. You know, I agree with, the, frankly, those assessments. He, athletically, he looks like he's challenged. He looks a little slow. He looks hesitant. So we'll see if he plays himself into a little bit of form. But um, hopefully he has the opportunity. I mean, I think, like you said, that's what's most important. Detroit should just be playing these guys anyway. Yeah, and an international player that I think that is impressed that we were not really sure what to make of when we did our preview um, is Denny out at Washington. I think he's going to be a solid player. Like, um, obviously, he's not going to be a, a star, but he could fill like that Otto Porter third scorer type of role, um, do it all because I, he's fit in quite nicely. I think with Washington, even though they haven't won a game yet. 
yeah, he's looked solid a little bit. I've seen him too. Um, you know, trying to go through and, and watch all these guys. Obviously, it's tough right away, and you know they're rookies. But um, you know, we'll see how the season goes. We wanted to walk through, touch on a couple of teams that you know maybe have changed expectations for us over the last week or so, or have had something kind of notable happen. Give you guys a little bit of our thoughts about the teams. You know, some handicapping angles and things. And spread. I know you wanted to talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder, a team that um, I've been betting unders on pretty regularly here. Um, I had the under on them last night. I think I had the under on them. I did on the 26th as well. So two unders for me already there. And I've got their team total under tonight. So three games, three unders for me. Um, the team looks to to play defense. And just like we thought, I think a lot of those preseason pods have just looked awful on offense. I mean, they really, really struggled. So what have you seen from Oklahoma City? Um, and, and do you like them? I mean, what have you been – have you been handicapping them? Have you been playing them, fading them? What do you think? Yeah, I think they're going to be ATS darlings here for at least another month. Uh, because they defend so well that they don't allow teams to get huge leads on them. And then they're going to end up falling short because they can't create at the end of the game, right? Um, but, you know, they're okay when they get out in transition and they get so many stops, they get plenty of transition opportunities. Uh, and then, of course, towards the end of the game, they just clunk because they don't know what to do. Uh, Horford, maybe he is done. <laughs> I mean, I thought, you know, with extra usage, I thought he was going to be a guy that would be huge, like in uh, the fantasy and the daily fantasy. I haven't seen a lot from him. Uh, but, boy, that they, they have some great wing defenders. <laughs> Dort, I mean, on a better team, might be a defensive player of the year candidate. I don't know if you can win defensive player of the year on a, on a lottery team. Um, but yeah, I'm going to continue to back them against the spread tonight. I laid off because of the back-to-back situation. Uh, but overall, I think you're going to get seven points or more a lot with this team. And I think they're going to be covering a lot. Yeah. As you take a look at their first two games, you know, they closed as three point dogs to Charlotte one out right there closes nine point dogs against Utah lost by only one. And that game, Utah took a bunch of money. That game opened Utah minus five closed nine. So um, it's a lot of value there for Oklahoma city betters. Um, you know, even if you had some negative CLV there. So you like them as an underdog team. I, I do too. I think as we get some of those larger numbers, it makes sense given you know, how defensive of a team they are. I think I'll probably attack totals maybe a little more, though, and um, team totals, frankly, for the time being. I've been maybe a little hesitant so far to grab some spreads as we start to figure out, try to figure out, frankly, more about these individual teams and kind of how they mesh together. And Like you said, there's been some pretty big variances so far. So um, I'll probably dip my toe in there. But I think you've got the right idea. I think look look for Oklahoma City. I think we're going to see value there. You know, again, that second game, they got bet from five all the way up to nine. So, you know, if you like Oklahoma City, unless it's a really, really sweet number, there might be some value in waiting there. Uh, mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on the Thunder from you? No, I mean, that's pretty much it. I do, defensively, they're really impressive. It's going to keep them in a lot of games. Yeah. The Boston Celtics have had a tough start to the season. Um, very kind of confused about what's going on there. It seems that uh, Brad Stevens really wants to play Tristan Thompson a lot. I'm not really sure what's going on there. Um, you know, they start the season, um, you know, pretty poor here. Um, they're one and two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so what do you think about Boston here? Um, you know, how are you handicapping the Celtics? Are you worried about this start? So my main handicap is this loss of Kemba has been a lot bigger than I expected. I thought that they would be able to absorb it fairly easily. You know, we usually consider a team like Boston. Now, we don't necessarily consider them to have depth, but we consider Stevens to be able to work around these little things. But what I think has become evident is that more than 10 or 15 minutes of Marcus Smart at point guard 
um, becomes extremely exploitable on the other end. And I think where these guys miss it is he's just not able to hit the players on the cuts. Uh, I don't know if this is still true, but I know at one point Tatum hadn't even attempted a free throw uh, and he had put up, you know, over like 20 shots in each game. And I think that that's attributable to the fact that they're not getting able to cut to the basket. And if they are, they're not getting found. He's having to do a lot of one-on-one work. And of course he's great in that aspect. Um, you know, probably, you know, one of the best young mid-range uh, shooters in the game. But they just don't look fluid or cohesive as a team, and they're really missing that leader in Kemba Walker. Uh, we talked in the offseason about how bad that knee was um, and, and how we're not even really sure how well he's going to come back. And now it's looking how evident it is. So we know they have that huge trade exception, and, and uh, <laughs> they might need to get to work and, and start trying to use it because they need some direction there on the offensive end of the floor in the half-court sets. Yeah, like you said, it's, it seems that they're really struggling on the offensive end of the floor. They were able to score 122 in that first game against Milwaukee, but only 95 against Brooklyn and 107 against Indiana. Um, trying to pull up their offensive rating here, but I don't think it's particularly great. Um, it's just been a tough start for them. I think, again, they're trying to figure out kind of who they are here. I think the offensive rating actually 109, you know, kind of puts them, I think, in the middle of the pack there. But um, definitely going to need to start scoring some more points to win some of these games. So, you know, going forward, are you down on them or are you looking to maybe stay away from them? Yeah, because they're a public team. Um, so I think there's going to be some value in fading them until they either figure this out. Or, or until Kemba comes back. And I think it's going to be a little while before Walker comes back. This team could be, end up, you know, I think everyone penciled them as top four in the East. This team could be end, uh, one of the teams that ended up falling out. And I think their opponent tonight, Indiana, might be the ones that, that crawl in and take that space because I've been quite impressed with them. Um, and I think that's a perfect transition because I'd love to hear your thoughts on Indiana, a team that we didn't necessarily love the roster construction, but they seem to love their new coach. And uh, they look great so far. What do you think of this Indiana Pacers team? Is this just a hot week? Don't take too much of it. Or are they uh, maybe a legitimate Eastern contender that we didn't we didn't realize when we were doing our offseason previews? Well, I think what we talked about mostly was that they were a pretty solid team from a regular season perspective, especially if they were able to keep all the depot and keep them happy. That seems to be what's going on so far. I mean, you take a look at that starting lineup, Ola Depot, Brogdon, Warren, Sabonis. You know, um, Miles Turner, say what you will about having two big men, but they're pretty athletic guys. I don't think they take much away defensively, frankly, that, you know, they're not worth what you're able to do offensively with some of their skills. I think it's a really nice starting five. I, I think they've been really solid. Um, I was confused that they fired Nate McMillan. He's a coach that, you know, tends to be pretty good. I thought he ran a nice team there, but maybe it's. One of those situations where after I think it was about three, maybe four years he had been coaching there, you, the message burns out a little bit, if you will. Um, you know, they've had a nice start to the season here. Um, you know, beat the Knicks pretty handily, 121-107. Um, took care of business in Chicago, 125-106. And then beat Boston outright, you know, 108-107. So, you know, having, a, again, a nice start to the season here, 3-0 and against the spread, um, you know, with an outright win uh, outright win as a dog there in their last game, right? Um, what are you thinking? I mean, have you been, I guess it seems like maybe you're a little surprised by how good they've been. I mean, you know, where, 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 I guess, have you been surprised? It sounds like you have. Yeah, I am. And I t I'll tell you what, the one thing that I don't think that we um, factored in was how good this new coach is. And I can't even pronounce his name, like Nate Bjork, you know, I'd maybe sing, so he's from Iceland. I'm not, you know, but uh, these, these players love him. If you saw the, the list of quotes coming out afterwards, giving him praise uh, for the play that he ran up to, to allow, 
uh, to allow Sabonis to get that game winner against Boston. I mean, these guys are all in, and you can see the, from the quotes the reason he was gone, and I think it was specifically clashing with Malcolm Brogdon because he's this new guy's biggest cheerleader. Uh, Brogdon seems to definitely be embracing his new role, and, and they're definitely going for more of like a more modern offense, you know, uh, with the – uh, pace and space. They're going for more three pointers and just seem to be using more uh, motion style tactics in the half court to get threes and not necessarily work down low like they were before under McMillan. So uh, I think that this guy, we didn't know a lot about him. Um, he might be, if we want, we want to start looking at bets, coach of the year. I mean, do you have a number for him right now? Because he might still be a dark horse if we can get him at like 15 or 20 to 1. I might be willing to jump in there because if this team sneaks into that top four, I think you'll have a realistic shot. I don't see it right in front of me. I just see the player markets open here. I'll, I'll okay. try to look for some of the coach of the year stuff here, but I think you make a great point. I mean, if you have a chance um, to find a market like that, um, it's, it could be pretty good. Um, you know, what you're looking for there is a team, obviously, that, that exceeds expectations. Um, you know, He's going to be a new coach. He's going to be um, – you know, so, so, someone that I think that they're going to be excited about. Um, yeah, not seeing it here on a couple of sites that I pulled up. I'm looking, Canby doesn't have it. Um, I don't see it on FanDuel here. And then I'm going to try to see if Bovada has it. Um, but if it's not there, it's, you know, not about anywhere. Yeah, that's just okay. going to be, yeah, it, it looks basically like that's not open. But um, yeah, if you find something, Unibet has. York in 26 to 1. That's interesting. I didn't see that on DraftKings, which usually has you. But maybe that is. But anyway, um, 26 to 1. I mean, there you go. There's a the price. What do you think? Yeah, I would definitely take it. Like, you know, I mean, not a lot, even, but it, <laughs> 0.2 units at 26 to 1 can be uh, quite profitable. So uh, he's the one that, that we kind of glossed over in our previews. And I think we're going to have to start giving him credit because I think he deserves a lot of credit because they're basically returning the same roster and they look to be a much better team. Hey, thanks to uh, Gonza there for uh, giving us that. And what do you think, Brad, as a reward for being a nice guy and helping us out there, you wanted to know our thoughts on um, under 237 and a half for the Bulls-Wizards game tonight. Um, looks just about – so 237 and a half. Actually, that's kind of a stale number. I'm, I'm seeing some 238s, some 239s popping up. So uh, my initial reaction was actually I kind of like the over here, and it seems like the market agrees. Too. Open to 232 is moving its up way to, towards 239. So um, I don't, definitely don't think I'd play the under there. Um, you've got a chance for a close game, so there might be some overtime shenanigans there or something like that. But the pace should be pretty high, and both of these teams score. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that the Bulls are the worst defensive backcourt in the league. Um, I don't even know if that's a hot take. <laughs> I think people should be like, yeah. I mean, Levine and Kobe White, they can they can score, but they're they're not stopping anybody. Everybody's getting in their sets. And then, of course, Westbrook and Beal are going to push a fast pace, and they're not particularly impressive on the defensive end either. So I expect both teams to get in their sets um, quickly and efficiently, which to me leads over. It's the highest number on the board, and I think that's uh, it's for a reason. I mean, when you get to 238 and 239, it's almost getting too high, almost – like you'd want to wait and hope they miss a couple shots and you can get a better one live. But I like the over there. I think it's highest number on the board for a reason. 
Yeah, I mean, as, as much as I like the over, you know, maybe Gons, if you were thinking under here, I, I don't know, maybe if your idea was, you know, kind of fade the Bulls here. The Bulls team total 115 and a half would be, I think, the most points they've scored so far this year um, by quite a bit. But let me pull that up here quickly. Um, you know, as much as I like the over here, I wonder if maybe the look is like a Washington team total over and then almost a Chicago team total under kind of thing. Um, again, you know, as I look through here, 104. 106. So they did score 128 in their last game against Golden State. Maybe a good yeah. right spot for there. But um, lean over on the total. Um, if you wanted to play something under, maybe a Bulls team total under. I don't know. But like the over there, I think we'll see a lot of points. Um, we're moving through our list of teams here. We did want to talk about Washington. So why don't we just jump in there? Um, you know, we've had Russell Westbrook here. Um, what have you thought of Washington so far? I mean, I mean is this working with him? Uh, so. <laughs> I think that kind of general offseason consensus was that Washington slightly upgraded with this move. And from what I've seen so far, I don't know if that's the case. I mean, um, <laughs> boy, Russ is great. He's still fantastic. But at 32, right, he's not the blurry he used to be. I mean, I think I'd feel confident saying that De'Aaron Fox is now the fastest player in the league. Um, I don't think he has the same athleticism. And the shooting's just not there. Um, so really all he's bringing is kind of some tenacity and just the will to win. But it seems like the skills are eroding, and it seems like it's going to be quick. Um, I was kind of high on this team. Uh, I know they played your team tough to start. I got a little bit of a cover there because I thought the line was too high. Um, but other than that, they're 0-3, and, and and I know we had kind of maybe penciled them in as like a, a late seed uh, play-in with the addition of Russ. I don't know if he's even moving the needle that much anymore. And if you can't get a team to the at the playoffs in the East, uh, you know, especially with Bradley Beal and some other solid players as your running mates, it really might be an indictment. And uh, he's really moving. And I know he was close already, but uh, worst contract in the league, it's really getting there. What do you think? Can can these guys turn it around, or is this going to be a slow and painful deny, uh, demise for one of the most exciting players of the last 10 years? So this is one of those unique teams that's played a certain team twice already. So they have three games, one against the Sixers where, you know, the final score line was 113-107. They did cover there. Um, I thought that was more kind of a backdoor cover or it's no, no, more about the Sixers chance. faltering. Um, I thought the Sixers should have been ahead a lot more in that game and, and really didn't put them away the way they should have. So okay. I wasn't as impressed with Washington, I think, as maybe a lot of people there. You look at the Orlando games, they lose, you know, 130-120. Uh, they lose 120-113, you know, on the second night in a row. So um, I'm going to hold judgment here a little bit because what really this, this really might be that Orlando's better than we think. Um, you know, we've yeah. seen some nice performances for them. I want to pull up what their other game was. You know, again, they've got two against Washington. So. So um, I think they that beat Miami in the opener, if I remember correctly. Right, yeah, took, took Miami down, you know, but 113-107 there in the over, you know, again, as a four-and-a-half-point dog at close. Um, so maybe Orlando's good. I, I think maybe that that's what we could be seeing here. More than Washington's bad, maybe Orlando's good. Yeah, I, I think those are both the case. But I thought that Washington was going to be a playing team. I think they're lottery-bound now, and I think Bradley Beal could be uh, – could be on the trade market by the deadline here is if this this season continues this way yeah I, it's hard it's going to be hard to get value back for him and with a contract like russ for another year or two you might as well just keep bradley because you've got burton's already so you know call it your big three if you will and, and roll mm -hmm. until something better happens and since ant's being really really whiny and we just sit talked about the Sixers, we might as well <laughs> jump in it. 
Let's the Philadelphia 76ers. They move the uh, needle. The ratings go up when we talk Sixers, noobs. The aforementioned victory over homers. the Washington Wizards to start the season, 113-107. Um, beat the Knicks by 20 points, 109-89. One of the clunkier 20-point wins that I've ever seen in my life. Um, and then got smoked by Cleveland the other night without Joel Embiid. Not that I think Joel Embiid makes you know a 30-point difference, but they lost 118 to 94. Um, that game was just a mess. Um, I turned that off pretty quickly. I, they just seemed kind of disinterested or something. I, I might go back and rewatch it and see if there was something else going on there. But um, you know, the Sixers, to me, still look like a team that are trying to figure out kind of what they are and, and what they're going, what they're supposed to be doing. Night in and night out, I think that these guys are, are still figuring out how to play with each other. Again, it's a lot of new parts. Um, as I start to watch, I wonder if Seth Curry is really going to have fun starting all year. I almost wonder if at some point it makes sense to make a move to put him off the bench. Um, you know, Let him still play kind of the same minutes he's playing, but just change the players he's playing against. And a guy like Shake Milton you know, has had a, at least one decent game and some solid minutes. I, I wonder if you know putting him out on the floor is a little better. Um, you know, What have you seen from the Sixers? I mean, it, it, it would have you seen the changes maybe we expected again you know we talked about there being more shooting on the floor we talked about you know more being the general manager and, and doc rivers being the head coach and, you know, what have you seen from them what do you think yeah i mean so the pick and roll has been implemented more right i mean the offense seems to be changed a bit and not necessarily to the uh effect that we thought i thought he was going to come and run that pick and roll and you guys would be dropping at 120 a night right uh potentially be the best defense i really thought doc and it's only been three games, right? Uh, but I haven't really been impressed with the changes as much. I don't know if this is just finally an indictment of what I've been saying for a while, that Simmons and Embiid probably shouldn't be together and that one of them needs to get traded sooner than later, or I'm overreacting to three games. But it seems like they're trying to put that pick and roll in. It makes sense on paper. It's what we were kind of clamoring for in the offseason, uh, but yet the results aren't there. What have you thought of the offensive changes, and does it seem that much different to you as someone who's watched a lot more minutes than I have? Again, it just feels clunky to me. I don't think that these guys have figured out exactly how to play with each other. Tobias Harris is somebody that I thought would be a lot more comfortable and still looks kind of lost. It seems like he's forcing shots. Um, I, I would like to see him kind of attack the basket more, frankly, and, and take more of a role like, like that. You know, again, I know we need more space on the floor, but a lot of times you'll see him take the ball with some space to maybe, you know, get that free throw line jumper he likes and is more comfortable as opposed to trying to force a three up real quick before the defender is able to get a hand in his face. Um, it just it looks like they're figuring it out again. The defense has been really solid, just like it is every year. Um, but I think they're just you know trying to get trying to get their sea legs, if you will, spread. Yeah. So if from a betting perspective, they're a team that I'm completely staying away from. Although I do like them tonight because they're playing against another team who I think um, maybe has regressed a little bit in the past year, and, and that's Toronto. Um, only laying one and a half. The Sixers have been pretty good at home. And I think that the loss of Ibaka and Gasol has been, um, as, much, as much as it hasn't helped the new teams, it's, I think it's hurt the Raptors. So um, I know that you weren't on there there, but, but would you agree with me or would you call me crazy if I went ahead and uh, placed a bet on your favorite here, team here tonight? No, I don't think I can tell you that. I think that, um, you know, I've downplayed the loss of Ibaka and Gasol, and I will continue to do that. But tonight is the night where we really see what Baines can do. He had a little bit of success against Embiid when he played for Boston. He can kind of hold his own a little bit. But um, if he starts to falter, I think I think things get pretty ugly here for the Raptors quickly, you know, unless the guards really have a nice night. Guys like Fred Van Vliet still give the Sixers trouble, so we'll see what they're able to do against him defensively with some of those guys. Um you know, I don't think it's the worst bet in the world, 
but I'm going to stay away. What I've got here actually is an under. I grabbed it at 218 and a half, and unfortunately, it's starting to tick up here pretty quickly. I wonder if there's some sort of news that I'm unaware of, but um, I'm seeing 220 right now at Bookmaker and 219 and a half across the board. Um, what do you think of the under? Yeah, I mean, I like it. There's two teams with solid defensive. I mean, the Raptors, I think they both have the potential to be the best defense in the league, right? Um, right now, Philly's probably got a little more potential. I don't know what the results are. I don't know what they are. I haven't even, I'm firing up the model in two more games. So I'm not even modeling right now. I'm going all off eye test and just trying to watch as much NBA as I can. And then I'll get the, get it going after each team has five games. Um, so I, I do like the under. 218 is a little low in this new NBA, which doesn't surprise me why it's gone up a little um, in a non-Thunder game. So 218 seems like a Thunder number, and all the other ones should be about baseline 222, 225. So maybe, maybe that's the reason uh, we've got it going on. But the pace should slow down in the fourth quarter. Um, so if you like the over, I would play a first half over here, and then the, I think the full game under is more likely. Yeah, that's I like to hear that. So fingers crossed that the market's not quite right here, and um, I get lucky again and uh, win without any CLV. But I think it'll be a fun, uh, um, an interesting game to watch. I don't know if it'll be fun to watch. I think that there's a chance that this is kind of a slog um, and ends up being yeah, kind of a really slow, messy game. I mean, what have you thought of Toronto so far this year? Um, they obviously have not looked like themselves. Um, you, know, you, you start to look here, you know, opening night, lose to the Pelicans, 113-99. Um, lose to the Spurs in the second game, 119-114, a game which they had a solid lead in the third quarter and just let it completely wash away. Right. Um, what have you seen from Toronto here? Yeah, I mean, obviously they're struggling. I think Gasol and Ibaka, uh, as much as they're losing them on the floor, I think they're missing them in the locker room. I don't know if Siakam's ready to step up and be the you know unquestioned leader of the team yet. And I think that Ibaka and Gasol had some of that leadership role, and I think that you're seeing it out on the court. It's going to be a tough situation for Nurse. I think he's great with X's and O's. Um, but he had the guys that were basically running the locker room for him um, before that, and now he's really going to have to, to take over and step up. Uh, obviously, you still have Lowry's veteran leadership, but, boy, he's getting older. For We talked about earlier physical decline with Russ. I, Lowry's been impressive in his ability to kind of stave off that physical decline because – uh, at his age, is he, what, 34 now? I mean, for him to still be playing the way that he is, it, it's quite impressive. And every year I expect him to just fall off a cliff because, um, you know, older point guards are like older running backs. It's just we don't see a lot that are really, really successful. And so you got to give him credit there. But I think more and more you'll see them shift to Van Fleet as their number one guy, and that, that, seems, that seems right. And Siakam – you know, I talked about in the offseason, and, you know, I took my L on, on how good he's been. He still needs to improve a lot on his game in the half-court set to get better shots. They're great in transition, um, and he's an excellent weapon in transition. But he needs a lot more in his bag in these half-court sets towards the end of the game uh, for this team really uh, to be successful and be a contender in the East. Yeah, I think Lowry's game allows him to age a little more gracefully because it's not built on having breakneck speed. It's it's a lot more physical game. It's a lot more built on his size and his ability to be a smart player and a solid shooter and um, you know, really to use his leverage on the defensive end. So I think we'll continue to see him age gracefully. But um, yeah, if Van V comes out and, and kind of writes the ship here, I mean, Toronto, the defense hasn't been great, so they need to tighten things up there. And I think a lot of that probably becomes as they start to score more points, I think you see the confidence return and, you know, they start to feel a little better. And I think the defense actually will kind of follow. Um, but we'll see it. I, again, it's only two games that we've seen. Well, I'll see what they look like tonight. I'll get a much better look as obviously they'll be uh, on the big screen.
I think the relocation to Tampa might not, it might, might have been worse for the team than we might have originally anticipated. So it'd be interesting to see as they settle in down there. Um, if maybe, cause that all happened on the fly. I mean, I, I read an article about it, like how wild it was and how last minute it all was. Um, so, you know, maybe some of the players are still moving in, bringing their families in and not a hundred percent concentrating on that. Um, this is a wild week to begin with, for sure. This Christmas, uh, week to new year's, usually it's a complete stay away for us, right? Usually we take this week for vacation. So, um, you know, that'll be interesting to see. So I think that Toronto, just because of everything that went on there, there is some chance for some upside because there could be a lot of things going on behind the scenes with this players and these teams. Uh, that that could could improve as they get settled into their to their new home. Another team that struggled to start the Warriors of Golden State. They get smoked their first two games against Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Win a one point victory in Chicago. Um, Golden State just has looked like a mess. I know that they haven't had Draymond Green, and I think that um, he actually helps them in a lot of ways. I think it's really tough for Steph Curry to be the only person really that can initiate on offense. Not that Draymond is some sort of otherworldly scorer, but at least he knows what to do with those ball in his hands in terms of attacking making a good pass and stuff like that. Um, Ubre has just been a mess. It's been told, and there's been a ton of really great graphics. Thank you, Twitter and the uh, internet community, for all the hilarious Ubre stats and graphics that have been floating around. Wiggins has looked just like a mess, just like he kind of always does. Spread, is there any hope for uh, your your Warriors of Golden State? Here's what they need to do. Steph needs to grow a beard, gain <laughs> some weight, and start going to strip clubs because he's going to need to put up 32 <laughs> to 35 shots a night. I mean, he needs to just fully take on the hard and roll. If any time that team, anytime the ball's not in his hands, that's a win for the defense. So if you bet against the Warriors and you see Steph pass, this isn't the old Warriors. I don't want to see facilitation. I don't want to see getting teammates involved. He needs to completely take over this team because it is such a net negative the second that he passes the ball. I'd rather see him working against the double team than some of these other guys. Now, obviously, I mean, Ubre can't shoot any worse, right? Um, but we've seen enough to Andrew, of Andrew Wiggins to know that this is him, right? I mean, this is who he is. He's going to play all right for little stretches, but you can't count on him. You can't depend on him. Um, I mean, really, I mean, this team is so close to a lottery team. If if Steph gets hurt again, I think they might have the worst roster in the league. Now, I think Wiseman might end up being the best rookie in this whole class, but he's 19, he's got no experience, and he's so lost on the defensive end. He will learn this stuff. It's just not there yet. Um, but I, he's got great potential. I'd be really excited if I was Golden State and probably looking at two lottery picks because I, I don't know if it's in Steph's nature to t start taking over the games like that, but that's what they, that's what they need to do. And, and even then, I think they're going to be hard-pressed. I mean, um, well, I kind of overrated this team. I know we had kind of penciled them in as kind of a lower-end Western Conference team, like five through eight, right? I'm penciling them in lottery now, and I mean, I – Certain things I think that I'm overreacting. I don't think I'm overreacting on this, right? Uh, no, I, it's, I mean, if you remember the podcast we had on the division, it was you, me, and, and Whale, or Drew Densick, if you will. And what we talked about here was we saw optimism that the team might be good, be able to hold it together. But at the same time, there was a lot of scenarios in which it went south. You remember um, Drew and I bet uh, the Warriors to miss the playoffs. I don't yeah, know if you bet, bet on that I one. love that. Yeah. 
it's plus 155. And, and this is exactly what we talked about. As soon as there's an injury to Green or Curry, things get really, really dicey. I think that's what we're seeing. I mean, if Draymond can come back and be healthy, maybe he's a plus and you know ties things down on defense and they're able to gut out some games and you know be kind of this slow, ugly ball team. Honestly, probably look like a 90s team, really, with you know Curry chucking and everybody just playing defense as much as they can. So um, a lot of reasons to be down on the Warriors. But again, we'll see. It's a couple games, so. Try not to overreact, but the arrow is definitely pointing down. And um, I don't think Draymond's going to be that guy that he was, right? I mean, after 2017, the, the three-point shooting's been ridiculous. I mean, they were give, they were just basically like, shoot, right? I mean, he was not even covered, not even created any gravity or space, and I don't really see any reason to think that. And supposedly, from what I'm reading about here, is the reason he hasn't played yet is he didn't recover from COVID um, the way that some of these other guys do, right? Like some of them, they get it, they're out for oh, 10 great. days. And they come back, but I supposedly he's still having problems with the the wind sprints. His lungs just aren't coming back, and we know this attacks, um, you know, everybody differently. And I, there's a lot of worry, uh, not in Oakland anymore, now in San Francisco, um, that it could be a while if he ever does get back to 100 percent because he's, you know, Wiseman got in, he's back out on the court and he's fine. Uh, that hasn't been the case for Dre, so. Um, I think his body was already breaking down from, you know, playing against centers at six foot eight for all those years, playing all the extra years. Uh, you add this into the mix and uh, boy, I mean, this seems like scratcher lottery tickets all over it. Yeah, definitely a team to avoid. Um, let's jump a little further down the coast. We'll touch base on those L.A. teams a little bit because, mm -hmm. you know, they're important and they played some interesting games. The Clippers played the Lakers to start. Um, two nice wins for the Clippers, beat the Lakers, beat the um, Denver Nuggets there, and then get absolutely smoked by the Mavericks. They scored 27 points in the first half. They end up losing the game by 51 points. Um so what do you think here, Spread? You know, as you start to pull up some of your numbers on the Clippers, uh, are you just throwing those at the window at this point? Yeah, that's what that's why I don't want to do numbers, right? Because I think that they're a fantastic team. Um, you know, I think I was the highest on them when we did the preview. Um and looked pretty good through two games. Like, okay, you know, this team is, is you know, still has some playoff issues, but they're going to roll through the regular season. And then I don't know what happened. Obviously, Leonard being out hurts, but, I mean, is Leonard a 50-point adjustment? So, I don't know what to make with it. I don't know who Paul George has as a publicist, but they got to tell him never to talk again. I mean, some of the stuff he says just makes things 10 times worse. Um, and on the court, I think that Ibaka was a huge grab. Um, I might have underestimated it. He's been fantastic for that team, um, really helping out a lot. And they have yet to get uh, Morris back. So, uh, of course, he'll be um, he'll be helpful to this team. I'm high on the Clippers overall. I'm pretty much just throwing that result out, um, and, and we'll see where we go from here. Um, same thing, I'm throwing the result against the Lakers out, though, because I don't even think the Lakers cared about that game. I think they were fine to let the Clippers win and not show them everything they had. Um, so Clippers, I kind of remain the same on Lakers. I know we were really high on them and I still think that they have the same championship potential. Uh, but for all the hopes of the regular season dominance, neither Trez or Gasol seems to be fitting in very well at all so far. And Schrader's been a great pickup, but one out of three on these off season pickups that we all lauded as being just these fantastic, you know, 3d chess style moves. Only one of three have really seemed to work out. Uh, what do you think of these teams and how have you adjusted them in your ratings? 
Uh, the Lakers have adjusted down a little bit because it seems pretty clear that they're serious about limiting minutes and trying to play more players. Um, not that they're not deep, but, uh, you know, that means less LeBron. That means less Anthony Davis. Um, Anthony Davis is already a little banged up. I think he's been on the injury report a couple times. Um, LeBron's minutes are obviously a little bit down here. They're two and two on the season. You know, a disappointing loss to, to I think, Portland. Um, that's kind of a surprising game for them. But um, like you said, I think at the top of the broadcast here, it has a preseason-y feel. For both of the, these teams, the Lakers, I think, more so. Um, the Clippers, I think, have taken a lot of their game seriously here, and I thought their first two efforts were nice. I, I don't, you know, I, I watched a little bit of that Mavericks game, and I think things got out of hand, and um, they just kind of waved the flag and were happy to sit down and enjoy the night off. Um, but um, like you said, it's still kind of a preseason vibe here. I think that the Lakers are still the favorite to win the championship and all that good stuff. But you know, hopefully, they continue to struggle here for a couple weeks so their price can drift out. Um, you know, if I look right now, their odds to win the championship, um, I'm seeing plus 230. So, you know, pretty much your preseason close number, um, not too much movement there, but, you know, maybe they struggle and uh, they continue to float out there. But um, how are you handicapping each of these teams night to night? They are definitely OK. You know, we love to hit overnights. We love to brag about our CLV, right? I think you're crazy if you bet a Laker overnight game. Because the, we don't know who's going to play. We don't know how many minutes they're going to get. At every Lakers game, I mean, they, they tip off for me about 7 or 7.30 out here. If I put a bet in, it's not going to be till 6.30 or 6.45. I want to see that starting lineup before it happens. I think, uh, you know, they've taken over the Clippers' little um, load management. And um, so, yeah, I've downgraded them as a regular season team. But... Um, I don't even really know, know what to make of them. I'm, I'm actually surprised that they're, they're taking this so nonchalantly. Um, obviously, the lack of rest is, is affecting them mentally as well as physically. So, uh, in the end, it might be the smart thing to do. But, you know, we're not betting on – well, I mean, we can bet on the end. But from game to game right now, you know, I'm not liking what I'm seeing so far. And uh, I'm definitely going to be staying away from this team. Uh, and I'm not going to bet them early at all. CLV be damned. Yeah, I think um, if you're betting against them, it's okay to get in early. If you're betting on them, like you said, it's probably better to maybe wait a little bit and confirm kind of who's playing. But for the time being, um, they're a tough team to bet on. I, I don't think that I'm really affecting what's happening with the Clippers. I think that once Kawhi comes back, I know it looks like his face is okay. It's in, you know, he had a lot of stitches. I, I don't know how he got hit that hard in the beginning to have a concussion or anything <laughs> like that. But I guess he didn't. Um, we'll see what he looks like when he comes back. But once he's healthy there, I think that they continue to look good and frankly still have a little bit of upside. Um, just frank, given how little they've gotten out of Canard so far, I don't think they figured out kind of what to do with him. And so mm-hmm. after giving him a long extension, I hope that uh, you know Tyron is going to be a little more creative about what they do with him. So happy to be on them. Um, now a team that I know that you've been um, betting against, I think, well, I think you've been betting against, and I know you want to bet against, the last team that you wanted to talk about here, the Pistons of Detroit, a team that comes out with a really rough start here, who's 111-101 to Minnesota, who's in triple overtime to the Cavs. I think it was, it was triple or double. might have been double. Anyway, in multiple overtimes, the Cavaliers 128-119, and then lose to the Atlanta Hawks 128 to 120 last night. Um, have you been fading this team? It's uh, it's It's been a good move. I mean, you know, as I look down here, uh, Minnesota was minus five and a half, one by 10. Pretty easy cover there. Um, Detroit was a th- opened three against Cleveland. It actually took some money. It closed at minus one. They lose outright there. I was on Cleveland that game. Love that. 
um, the outright underdog winner there. And then Atlanta you know, opens minus eight and a half, closes minus ten and a half, and Detroit actually gets their first cover here. So, you know, have you gotten a chance to watch this team a little bit? I know they've had some injuries, and we've seen some more of the young guys. Um, you know, like we talked about, what do you think? Yeah, so I watched last night. I took the Hawks first half and full game, so I split. And oh, the Hawks not covering there was just absolutely terrible. They were up by like 18, 19 with uh, seven minutes to go, and, and then they gave up like a 14-2 to two run um, to doom the cover. But I'm going to continue to bet against this team. I think the numbers are going to get higher, and I think it's well-deserved. The um, you know 2019 Knicks plans of, of just grabbing a bunch of power forwards in free agency has once again – not turned out to be the wisest way to construct a basketball team. And, and it shows, um, you know, Derek Rose and Blake Griffin are fantastic if you're playing NBA 2K14, but it's 2020 and they're really limited on the defensive end. Blake Griffin is the exact opposite player of who he used to be, right? So he's great from behind the arc. He doesn't want to get anywhere near the paint anymore, which is kind of weird for their 6'10 guy. So, I mean, I like the fact that he gives them space. But if I'm watching this and we had talked about Blake as a potential pra- trade target, I don't know how much he would help an actual contender here. Um, I mean, to be honest, to me, he's like an overpaid Bialika right now. I mean, he's just a 6'10 guy who can shoot that's really not that good on the defensive end. The guy actually I would be targeting is Rose just because I think he can give you that uh, Dennis Schrader style, just all offense, especially as a six-man for a contender. So I think that he might go there. Um, Even though Griffin's numbers has been good, I don't know. Maybe someone wants to stretch four. Um, but I, I haven't been that impressed with him so far. And um, I still can't believe that they didn't resign Christian Wood. Have you watched him in Houston? I mean, he's been fantastic. So they could pay Grant and Plumley, And, you know, I, I like Jeremiah Grant as much as the next guy. Um, Plumley's hanging on a thread of this league. I don't, I mean, I, how he starts, I have no idea. So to me, this is my favorite. Don't just love him. Yeah, it's just. Don't just love Plumley's. Yeah, it must be. I mean, they must just be watching him like set screens on on film, and yeah, this is how we do it, guys. You know, that's how you set a screen. I mean, Mister Fundamental is definitely um, impressing the coaches, but he hasn't been impressing me, and I'm gonna continue to fade this team. Although I don't know if I can do it tonight against the other team I just ran down, the Warriors. Uh, I know you didn't bet it, but did you have a lean in that game? And would you subject yourself to watching it at all? No, I wouldn't watch this game at all. The total starting <laughs> to kick up. You know, it opened three and a half, two twenty-two and a half. Yeah. It's four and a half now, minus four. Golden State's the favorite in Detroit. The totals moved up to two twenty-seven. Two teams that have been very low-scoring teams so far. So, um, more of maybe a score watch and you know see what happens. Maybe a box score review as opposed to an actual watch. I think it'll be ugly. Any other teams you want to hit at a high level before we kind of go through the card for tonight and a couple of the numbers we have for tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, it'll probably tank our ratings. But tell me what you think of my king so far. <laughs> um, Darren Fox is great. I mean, he's he just is. absolutely great. And if he can continue to be this great, you know, maybe Sacramento could continue to uh, surprise everybody and, and win basketball games here. Um, you know, as you start to take a look, they played uh, three games so far. You know, first game against Denver, they lose by two, but very competitive. I think that was an overtime. They beat, beat Phoenix 106-103 and then lose to Phoenix, you know, 116-100. So they've been pretty competitive. Um, you know, you start to look at their record here against the spread. I think they're two and one so far. So, right. um, you know, pretty solid start for you guys. I mean, are, are you optimistic? Are you getting ready? You think in playoffs already? No, I mean, I was actually complaining to my buddy because I've been, you know, 
we did the draft last year and you know uh you know we got big three is going to help us out and we see so many prospects and i want to get one of these prospects and this team looks better than i expected uh i'm like this is really ruining our chance for a top five pick here all this great play and um one thing i'd like to say is this new gm seems to know what he's doing i think that we got a fantastic draft pick Halliburton has looked great, done everything advertised so far. Um, so he's been a great addition. And then some of the <laughs> additions that I laughed at, like Whiteside, he's been giving us good minutes there. And, you know, he's on a one-year contract, so we didn't, you know, eat anything else up. So, um, yeah, I kind of – I'm a little higher on this team than I thought I would be. And I notice that, that the guys in the chat are too. I think some of the guys are taking him again tonight. Jorge thinks that revenge happens tonight for the Nuggets. Do you believe that as well, or do you think that my team's going to be able to, to take out the uh, the fantastic team from Denver again? Uh, wow, Tom, apologies. I actually said that backwards. You're right, they did. They beat Denver. I think yeah. Denver takes care of business here. I think Denver has um, been a little slow to start the year and um, are starting to get themselves into form a little bit. I've really enjoyed betting their over so far. I don't know why the market has been so down on them from a total perspective. Um, but, you know, yeah, they lose to Sacramento, you know, kind of right the ship a little bit. There. Um, I'm sorry, lose to the Clippers and then right the ship a little bit there against Houston. But um, I think Denver's still kind of playing themselves into form a little bit. We saw quite um, a game from Jokic against Houston the other night throwing some of those passes. So I think they're starting to figure things out and, and get a little more shape. So I, I think, uh, you know, if I had to bet this game, um, let's see where the number sits right now. You know, Denver open minus three. Sacramento's actually taking money spread. The market yep. likes your kings. It's down to two. Uh, I think that has Denver to be the back-to-back -back situation, right? Yeah, because that's almost even though they won by a lot, their starters got a lot of minutes last night, and it was a quick game. I don't know how physical it was, but the pace was pretty high against Houston. Um, so I think that that's some some be some situational betting there, uh, where people are looking at Sacramento. And I don't disagree. I do think that it's a, it's a nice situational spot to to come off against a fast paced game against the Rockets, and then and then travel to Sacramento and jump in here tonight in the. Um, the nice quaint town that we have. So should be a fun game. I'm not getting involved personally, but I wouldn't be surprised if we were able to do it again. So Jorge, I'll be sending you some messages. Stay up late and, uh, and we'll be talking about this game, Jorge. Let's jump through it. I think we touched on most of these games. It's just quickly, you know, the numbers we have Boston, Indiana. I don't think we touched on this one, you know, um, Indiana's minus one here. The totals at 218. Um, I think it's Indiana pass at this point, given how bad Boston's been, but um, it's a pass for me. How about you? Yeah. Did you have any Sabonis most improved player tickets in the million tickets that you made preseason? He is looking uh, fantastic. No. Let me see. What are his odds currently? Because I did have some Christian Wood, who's now the favorite. Sabonis, you can get and to he, uh, be most improved player of the year. I'm seeing 33 to 1 right now. Yeah. And maybe because he was so good before, uh, that won't actually count as improvement. But. Uh, I've, I've been really impressed with him. He's looking like a bona fide star. I think if you switch to the role and, and he was in Boston or major media market, you know, that where they love their team, I think that we would not, we, I think we'd be hearing about him nonstop the way that he's been playing. He's finally making that leap and he looks like to be like a genuine all-star um, to me now and not maybe just like a shoe and like he was when he made it last year. Yeah, uh, Chicago, Washington, we touched on. We lean over. I don't think either one of us likes the spread here. Washington's that to a six and a half point favorite. Um, Golden State, Detroit. I don't think we, I think we touched on this game briefly again. Should be kind of a messy game. The total is ticked up a little bit to our surprise. Um, I might put an under if, if it gets any higher than this. We'll see. Toronto, Philadelphia, yeah. we talked about. I like the under. You like Philadelphia there. 
Um, New York, Cleveland, I don't think we talked about that game. I mean, what do you think about the Cavs as a three-point favorite? I mean, should the Cavs ever be a three-point favorite, even against the Sneak and Knicks? Yeah, if we were going by tennis, right, and form, I think they got great form right now. I would take the Cavs as like uh, – I, I would take them up to like five points in that game. That's interesting. So that's pretty good value then there. I mean, it opened up four and a half down to three. So the market likes the Knicks. Uh, maybe the Cavs, it's, you know, they've gotten things a little too far out of hand. Milwaukee, Miami, this is a game that both you and I have bet. We actually have the Miami Heat plus five and a half, even though Jimmy Butler's been playing. Apologies early on uh, brown bag bets. I mentioned Jimmy Butler, even though I knew he wasn't playing. Um, I, I like this number a lot. With, you know, with Butler in the game, it's probably a one, two two-point spread, and you could probably make an argument that Miami deserves to be favored in this spot, you know, given everybody fully healthy. So um, you know, even with Butler out, I think there's some value here, plus five and a half. I think that they have the scoring still with Butler. They have the defense still um, and the ability to slow this team down and, and still get up enough points to get within the number. Now, what was your take here, and, and why are you betting the Heat? Yeah, I mean, I still think the Bam Adebayo is the best player in the NBA handled to to keep Giannis out of the paint. And I think that if you bet against Milwaukee – Anytime that you see Giannis pull up from behind the arc, you feel like that's a win on the defensive end. I think Miami's got the uh, defensive chops to do it. And then I think they can keep up pace on the opposite end with their three-point shooters, you know, just keeping pace with Holiday, um, Middleton, and, and DiVincenzo, right? And I'm, and I'm countering with uh, Hero, uh, Robinson, right? I mean, these guys can put it through the bucket as well. So uh, I just... I think this is just a great matchup for Miami. I think it just kind of continues what we see in the bubble there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Orlando, Oklahoma City. I've got an Oklahoma City team total under one of seven and a half here. Um, Orlando's been really great, especially good on the defensive end. Oklahoma City's been a very slow, struggling offensive team. I think it's, a, it's great that I, I get them at that number. I'd play that down to even like one of six and a half. Um, you know, 105 and a half for a half unit if you really needed some action. Did you have a side here? Orlando's laying six. The total's at 218 right now. I mean, unless it gives some of that Utah-like movement that we had yesterday and it gets past uh, seven and a half, I'm going to stay away. I originally liked the Thunder. I'm just a little worried that they're fatigued off the game last night. Um, so I'll go ahead and stay away from it. But uh, the th Thunder are going to be some of my ATS darlings this year. Minnesota Timberwolves, Clippers, Clippers, big favorites. Looks like Kawhi's probably going to play then. You and know, Towns is out, right? I'm sorry? Towns is out of that game, right? Oh, okay. That must be that was the other piece of news. Yeah. You know, the Clippers are ten and a half point favorites now. The total's two twenty-six. Um, I wonder if should he, I wonder if it should frankly be lower than that, um, without his offense and lack of defense. What do you think about that matchup? Is this just a complete pass for you with all the unknowns? I think you, you, you lay it or you don't play it. I, I would take the Clippers here. I talk, We talked at the very top that there's been more blowouts this year um, than in like the last seven or eight years. And I think this will be a, a game where the trend continues. New Orleans, Phoenix. Phoenix hosting New Orleans, laying two and a half points. The total's rate at 222. Those look solid to me. Do you have an opinion on this game? I don't want to get involved in that game. These are two teams that I'm looking forward to betting on all year, and they're playing each other. So I'll wait till they go play some of the teams I don't like. So that's everything on today's slate. Again, we touched on Denver, Sacramento, um, minus two. The, obviously, the thing there being Denver on it, but back to back, the total of 224, all the way up to 227. Um, a couple lines open up for tomorrow already. It looks like Brooklyn's minus six and a half with a total of 240 against Atlanta. Um, I'll probably find my way on a Brooklyn team total over as I continue to fade the Hawks defense. What do you think? Yeah, you know, how do we go 53 minutes into this pod and not mention pretty much the story of the league so far? So... Because I didn't want about, to talk about it. It makes me sad. Why? 
because I wanted them to be worse. They seem to be having a lot of fun and everything seems to be just going well. <laughs> I wanted chaos. I know. I know. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised too. And so one of the things that I said in, in the offseason, right, was that. And they lost the stupid out, Hornets. Yeah, Durant's Jerks. not going to be the same guy, right? And I'm watching, right? And he's putting up these huge numbers, right? I read an article this morning showing the analytics, and it kind of made me feel like I was right, where it said he's actually taking his shots since the, the last season he played, the 2018 season, are actually 12% harder. But he's still shooting 60% from the field. So what that's telling me is he's not getting open and he, as wide open, and, he, and he's still making the shots. So I kind of felt vindicated that, yes, maybe some of the quickness is gone. But, boy, he might be such a good shooter. It doesn't matter. Um, I, yeah, I was waiting for the implosion, too. doesn't seem like it's going to happen. The loss of Dinwiddie is going to be rough, I think, um, not necessarily for this team, but for their ability to maybe pick up a piece at the trade deadline. Because I think he would have been involved. Yeah, they have the depth to, to handle it, but um, they've been pretty solid. I, you know, this number looks okay to me. Maybe there's some value in there, six and a half there. Again, I'll, I'll probably just be on the team total over and keep it nice and simple. I mean, you um, might as well. These guys are just shooting the lights out. Dallas minus eight and a half hosting Charlotte there. Um, 223 is the total. Maybe that's a touch low. I, I don't know. That looks pretty solid to me. I mean, Charlotte's been an under team. Dallas has been an over team. So you kind of have two right. forces working against each other. Any thoughts there? Uh, not yet. I, I definitely would have to dig into that. Um, it seems like we talked about blowouts. It seems like that's got a potential too. I know that, I don't know if there's like a lit down spot coming off the 50 point win. I read an article this morning about teams coming off the, the 50 point losses, but Zach Harper, we need you to come back and tell me how the teams coming off the 50 point wins did in their very next game because that, that would be interesting as well. So uh, I would think for Dallas, we keeps it rolling. You know, I was kind of um, – Charlotte was kind of the ones that I remember grabbed you and Steve's eye when I said that I thought they might go over their win total. Um, so I think I'm higher on Charlotte than most, and even then, like, I don't really have a lot of faith in them in this spot. All right, last line we've got up here, Lakers minus 6.5 in San Antonio, the total of 229, and uh, some variance there. Don't put 229, I'm seeing some 231, so it's getting pushed up. Um, you know, like we mentioned earlier, it's, you know, if you're betting this early, it's Spurs or pass. If you want the Lakers, wait and see what the, what's happening. So what do you think, Spread? Do you like the Spurs plus 6.5? Mm. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I, I don't really want to get involved in that game. I think I, I would have I would have not a problem like not betting the Lakers game for the first twenty games of the season. And the Spurs are a team that I haven't necessarily figured out yet either, right? Like on paper they're not that great, but you watch them and they're still a good team. Like you gotta give Pop credit. So All right, Spread. I think that covers just about everything so thank you everybody who watched we appreciated some of the comments we had there in the chat make sure you follow us on twitter at networth pod so you can see these broadcasts as soon as they pop open and you can hop in the chat here and keep talking to us um you know we're still running through periscope for now but i think we'll make be making a push to switch to youtube eventually since uh periscope's gonna be gone um, you know, won't be much of a difference for you guys. We'll still just post the link on Twitter like normal. Just take it to a slightly different interface. Um, you know, again, thanks for watching. If you're listening to this on the podcast, again, this will be up on as a podcast, just about everywhere they're available. We'd appreciate a rating or review. Um, reach out to us on Twitter again at NetworthPod, myself at underscore noob, spread at spread a stare. And uh, we'll be back with some tennis content soon. Yep. Thanks for thanks, everybody. All right, Tyrese Maxey, uh, Rookie of the Year. Good luck in all your wagers. <laughs>